You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. I do not bring good news on today's show. Coming up here in just a moment, I'll get to the news of Emmett Gooden, Tennessee's defensive lineman, who was expected to play a really big role for Tennessee this year, being lost for the season with a knee injury. You will hear from Jeremy Pruitt, and uh, we'll look at the personnel that remains, guys who will need to step up. And there is, of course, a big question that continues to loom over the defensive line. We'll get to that here in segment number one. In segment number two, there does continue to be positive talk about several newcomers to Tennessee's football team. I'll update you there as Jeremy Pruitt had some praise for some of those guys while Tennessee still lacks experience at a number of those positions. Jeremy Pruitt on that in segment number two, plus a player on the offensive line deciding to leave Tennessee's football team, how that affects the depth chart. That's coming up in segment number two. And then I'll close out with the 2020 schedule. That was released by a bunch of schools yesterday, including Tennessee. So I will look at Tennessee's 2020 schedule, which will have a different look than what you're probably used to as a Tennessee fan. That's right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps. You can tell your smart speaker at home to play podcast, Locked on V-O-L-S, and it'll be right there for you. Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So VolQuest.com had the report on Wednesday morning that Emmett Gooden, had suffered a knee injury at practice on Tuesday, and the fear was that he would be lost for the season. Jeremy Pruitt confirmed that that was the case. A torn ACL suffered by Emmett Gooden will cost him this upcoming season. Gooden is a senior, but he does have a redshirt available. So Gooden can redshirt this year and return to play for Tennessee next year if he chooses to do so. That is a positive, but no doubt this is a big loss for Tennessee. Gooden was potentially going to be Tennessee's best defensive lineman this year, and that is a position group that has a lot of question marks surrounding it. It has a lot of players. It has a number of players who could step up and play well for Tennessee and play big roles for Tennessee this upcoming year. We just don't have one single guy to point to. I mentioned a moment ago a question that looms over the defensive line is the status of Aubrey Solomon. What happens with him? That's a question as well. This is what Jeremy Pruitt said about the defensive line group on Wednesday, talking about the position group with the loss of Emmett Gooden. Here's Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, we'll just move some guys up there. You know, we, we've got um, 10 guys there right now, so working in the defensive line. And, you know, there, there's, there's not a whole lot of difference in any of them. Uh, you know, some of them have played in some games, some of them haven't, so – uh, they all have strengths and weaknesses, uh, but most of them have very limited game experience. There are several key players, I think, to point to right away to say, okay, if this guy can emerge and this guy this guy will need to play well, Aubrey Solomon's an obvious one. If he's cleared to play by the NCAA to play this year as a transfer from Michigan, then he's going to play right away and probably be a starter day one. You have the JUCO transfers. You have Matthew Butler, who's in his third year in the program. A bunch of second-year guys who can emerge. There are potential answers here for the defensive line, even with the loss of Emmett Gooden. We just don't know which players Tennessee will be able to count on. And we are applying a lot of ifs as well. We talked to Jesse Simonton 
on Sports 180 on Wednesday, shortly after he and Austin Price had reported the news of Emmett Gooden's knee injury, and we covered that, starting with the loss of Emmett Gooden, what Tennessee will miss without him, and then some of the answers with how Tennessee might be able to replace Emmett Gooden. He was uh, the most experienced returning defensive lineman on the roster. Pro Football Focus rated him as their fourth best overall defensive player on the team a year ago that played a minimum of 200 snaps. Tennessee doesn't have another defensive lineman that's coming back this season uh, outside of Gooden that even played more than 125 snaps a year ago. So they're losing experience. They're losing upside. He's a guy that I think probably had uh, and probably could create as much havoc as anyone that they have on the roster currently. So it's, it's a big blow, and, and they need a guy like you know Aubrey Sullivan to get eligible. Overall, with the defensive line, with so many guys trying to step up and, and prove something and, and earn playing time, what has stood out to you with the group other than Emmett Gooden, who we knew would play an important role for Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, yesterday after practice, basically right after the media left, uh, you know, Brent Hubbs and I on Balk West did a two-minute drill, and we kind of talked about, you know, you're seeing maybe the, the upside of this group because guys like Latrell Bumpus uh, and Elijah Simmons and, and even a guy like John Mincy, they seem to be kind of coming into their own early in camp. Um, but now, you know, the pressure's on. I mean, Tennessee needs those guys to not only just be coming on, but to be ready this fall. You know, they didn't sign two junior college players to, to come sit and watch. So Darrell Middleton, Savion Williams, the pressure's on them now uh, to, to, to step up as well. I don't think, you know, there's been some talk on Volquest and Twitter and whatnot, you know, that this is catastrophic. I, I, I don't see it in that light. I do think that Tennessee still has some decent depth there. They, they could be down a body. They could be down two considering that, you know, Karat Garland also has decided to enter his, his name into the transfer portal. Um, but this is not like losing Jarrett Garantano. It's a big blow, no doubt, and, and that's why I think it's, you know, could be punctuated by the fact that if you can get an Aubrey Solomon eligible, it could alleviate some of the concerns here. But Tennessee, I think they're going to be able to be all right here. It's just who's going to step up. The opportunities are, are, are plentiful right now. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Early impressions on Savion Williams and Darrell Middleton, those two JUCO transfers. I, I like Savion. You know, I think that you know he's a guy that it took him a couple of days, I think, to, to kind of get used to uh, Tennessee's um, tempo in practice. But I think you're kind of seeing him get more comfortable. He's he's clearly an agile guy for his size. Darrell Middleton has to be one of the you know first team get off the bus dudes. I mean, he he, he certainly looks the part. He moves really well for being 6'7", 3'11". I'd like to see a little more strike and violence uh, at the point of attack. You know, maybe that's something that, that, that comes on um, when the pads officially go on this afternoon. That's something that I think the coaches are kind of curious about as well. And it's, it's hard to remember, but, you know, because it was so many years ago, but he originally committed to Tennessee all those years back when he was at Oak Ridge as a wide receiver and tight end. And, and you know, how, how much contact is he inter- interested in, in really playing through and playing with Tennessee you know, needs that violent spark there, and, and especially playing in the SEC against the Alabamas, Georgias, and Floridas, and what have you. But early impressions have been solid so far. I mean, obviously, the guy, I think the guy that group that's turned the most heads has been Elijah Simmons, not a junior college kid. But, I mean, he's 335, 340. I think he moves like he's about 285. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that clearly, I think, could just be a, a, a plugger. You know, how, how explosive can he be as a, you know, um, interior pass rusher and, and some of those aspects I think are still to be determined but in terms of helping Tennessee shore up its run defense I, I really like 51 out there to, to see some snaps this fall 
That's Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com on Sports 180 with us on WNML on Wednesday afternoon. It's no doubt bad news for Tennessee to lose Emmett Gooden. All the best to him as he prepares for his recovery, wrapping up some schoolwork and then getting ready for surgery. Tennessee has to move on. It does at least help a little bit that Tennessee has a few weeks to get ready. You'd rather have this injury right now from a team perspective I'm talking about than if it happened in three weeks where it's game week and you've been preparing for Emmett Gooden to be a starter and to play a big role. Other players know they will have to step up. Now let's see if they can do that. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, there is a newcomer who has already shown that he can probably play at the SEC level. Jeremy Pruitt will talk about him in the next segment of Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We are now in the second week of August. It is fantasy football draft time, so you know what you need to do. Listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked on Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with more than 20 years covering fantasy football. If you listen to the same stuff as everyone else, you're going to come out the same when it's draft time. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Check out Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There's another Tennessee personnel note to tell you about along the line of scrimmage. This is on the offensive side. Nathan Niehaus has decided to leave Tennessee's football program. It was absolutely Niehaus's decision, according to Jeremy Pruitt. And remember on yesterday's show, I was talking about Niehaus getting a little work at right guard at practice on Tuesday. And the right tackle conversation, at least that day, was around Marcus Tatum, Tennessee senior, and then freshman Darnell Wright. With Niehaus leaving, I would say that's absolutely the conversation moving forward for Tennessee at right tackle. With Niehaus leaving, that does take away a guy who has experience playing in the SEC. He's a guy that has shown the ability to play outside at left or right tackle, and he could have been an option at guard. And he's a fourth-year guy. He's a redshirt junior who is deciding to leave Tennessee. The Vols do still have, I think, plenty of depth when it comes to numbers, if you look at guard, let's say Niehaus was going to move to guard, Tennessee still has Karon Calbert, Jerome Carvin, Ryan Johnson is an option there, Riley Locklear is somebody who is a player that Tennessee could go to at left or right guard probably. You also have Jackson Lampley, the true freshman, who doesn't get as much attention as Wanya Morris or Darnell Wright, but Lampley is a very nice prospect, a highly rated guy in the 2019 class who was just, again, kind of overshadowed by two other guys who were high school All-Americans. But Lampley is a nice prospect as well. Tennessee has Chris Hawk Perogane, who was a freshman on the offensive line. So there are still plenty of options. I would say you'd rather have a fourth-year offensive lineman who's played in the SEC than not. But Nathan Niehaus made that decision to leave Tennessee's program, and Tennessee will move on without him. So that news came from Jeremy Pruitt's press conference after practice on Wednesday. Something else that came from Tennessee's head coach talking to the media 
was a little praise for some of the newcomers. Speaking of Darnell Wright, Jeremy Pruitt was very complimentary of the way that he works, his effort. He may not get everything, which is not expected, but that's okay. The same was said about Quavaris Crouch, who spent a lot of the time during spring practice at inside linebacker. He's been working outside, and Jeremy Pruitt talked about how he's learning what goes on in first and second downs and dealing with offensive tackles playing on the outside. So it's going to take some time, but Pruitt also praised the playmaking ability of Quavaris Crouch. So the upside is there. And then there's Henry Toa who came in earlier this summer, the highly tatted linebacker out of De La Salle High School in California. On signing day in February, he chose Tennessee over Alabama. It was a big get for the Vols. And according to Jeremy Pruitt, Toa Toa is already showing signs that he's going to be a player in the SEC. Listen to what Jeremy Pruitt said about Henry Toa Toa, Tennessee's freshman linebacker, on Wednesday. You know, Henry's a guy that um, things have come real easy to him, uh, picks things up, um, instinctive, can cover, fits the runs. Uh, it's what you're looking for as a linebacker. Um, you know, he's he's pretty advanced for a young guy uh, at that position. He's capable of being the signal caller. Um, he's a guy that can play all three downs. And, you know, he, he goes out there and works every day. You know, he's a hardworking guy. He's got – he's tough. He's physical. So, um, you know, he's just got to continue to do that and work hard to improve every day. I think Toa Toa is going to challenge for playing time very quickly. Is he a starter against Georgia State? I don't know that, but he's going to play against Georgia State. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Toa Toa starting for Tennessee at some point this season. He's a very talented player. Mentally, he gets it. And I think he clicks pretty well with Jeremy Pruitt. So that's something to pay attention to. It's definitely something to feel good about. Henry Toa Toa, part of Tennessee's linebacker group. Also, Jeremy Pruitt said that J.J. Peterson, the redshirt freshman linebacker who was a U.S. Army All-American in the 2018 class, should be back to full contact soon, maybe Monday or Tuesday, sometime early next week. It looks like Tennessee is expecting him to be back at full contact. He's been practicing. It just has not been practicing in full. So that's something to pay attention to as well. I don't know if Peterson's really ready to help Tennessee at linebacker right now, but he's further along than he was a year ago. Actually, a year ago, he was not even on campus yet. Remember, he arrived the weekend of Tennessee's opener. So uh, he's going through his first fall camp. That's worth mentioning with Peterson. And we'll see if he gets more involved in what happens with the linebacker rotation when he gets back to full speed at practice. So a few personnel notes and uh, a few thoughts on some of the newcomers with Tennessee's roster there following Jeremy Pruitt's press conference on Wednesday after practice. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, Tennessee's 2020 schedule is out, and there are some noticeable changes to it from what you're used to seeing as a Tennessee fan. I'll get to that next, plus Keon Johnson's commitment paying dividends for Tennessee, and it could mean more good news for Tennessee coming up in the future. I'll explain right here on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and with it being college football season time, means it's time for the NFL as well. You need to check out the new Locked On NFL. It was one of the most listened to NFL shows last week. That's because it provides the expert analysis from former NFL scout Matt Williamson, and it's hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. The Tennessee football program announced its 2020 schedule 
on Wednesday afternoon. And first off, I'll just run through the schedule. I'll provide a link in the show notes as well if you want to check it out for yourself. But running through the schedule, Tennessee will open up next season September 5th in Knoxville against Charlotte. Week 2, on September 12th, Tennessee will go to Oklahoma. It's not going to be an easy one. They're going to have another new starting quarterback there. They have young talent, so it probably will not be a transfer this time. And again, this is with the assumption that Lincoln Riley is there. But right now, Tennessee should plan on that being a really tough game at Oklahoma. Week 3, Tennessee will host Furman. And then on September 26th, Week 4, Tennessee will host Florida. The following week, Tennessee will host Missouri. That's October 3rd. And then go to South Carolina on October 10th. The Vols will be off October 17th and then will host Alabama. And will close out the month of October on Halloween playing at Arkansas. In November, Tennessee will play Kentucky at home on the 7th and then play at Georgia November 14th, Troy at home on November 21st, and then Tennessee will finish the 2020 season at Vanderbilt on November 28th. So a few things that will stand out there. Number one, that Georgia game is much later, which we knew was going to happen, but it is official. Tennessee will play at Georgia November 14th. Is that a good thing for Tennessee? Does it affect the schedule? I don't know. Part of it depends on how has Tennessee done up to that point. If Tennessee has done well, then playing a game late in the season against Georgia, that could have a huge impact on how the season goes for Tennessee. Now, with Georgia being later, that means some other games are moved up. So Missouri is October 3rd. South Carolina is October 10th. Both games are earlier than you're typically used to seeing for Tennessee. The Missouri game will come at an interesting time because the Vols will be coming off an emotional game against Florida Win or lose against the Gators, that Missouri game will be one that Tennessee will have to kind of get back up for. Tennessee will always be up for Florida, and that's, of course, one that Tennessee is going to go in expecting to win. It'll be Jeremy Pruitt's third season. You'll have guys who will be in their second or third seasons with Jeremy Pruitt, some of those young players we were talking about. Darnell Wright, Quavaris Crouch, Wanye Morris, you know, this 2019 class, they will have a year under their belts, and they will they will be expecting to be really good players and putting Tennessee in a position where it's competing to win the SEC East and Tennessee's first SEC game at home against Florida always kind of at least sets the stage for what Tennessee might be able to do next. So the Florida game will always matter and it's right there where you expect it to be week four just like it is this season just like it was last year as well. Missouri comes earlier. South Carolina on the road will come at the end of a three-game stretch. Florida, Mizzou, and then at South Carolina. And then Alabama is coming off a bye week. Now, right now, nobody's going to sit here and say, man, I love Tennessee's chances against Alabama. But Jeremy Pruitt will have that game circled. Tennessee will be off the week before it plays Alabama. He will have two weeks to get ready for his alma mater. And I checked out Alabama's schedule. Bama will host Mississippi State the week before it plays in Knoxville against Tennessee. The Arkansas game would probably stand out as a fairly easy one for Tennessee, and maybe it will end up being that. But it is on the road the week after playing at Alabama. So the initial thought, what, 14 months in advance, 15 months in advance, is Tennessee better be ready for that one. And I would think that it would be. And then let's see what happens mid-November. Let's see where Tennessee is when it plays at Georgia. There's still a lot that will happen. First of all, Tennessee has to play this season, 2019, before it gets to next year, of course. You have another recruiting cycle to go through. But it's interesting to see the 2020 schedule come out. And it's a schedule that includes a really tough non-conference game at Oklahoma week two. 
Before I close out today's show, on yesterday's episode, Wednesday's episode, I talked to Grant Ramey about the Keon Johnson commitment for Tennessee in basketball. That was a big one for the Vols, so big that it moved Tennessee up to number five in the composite rankings. The top five schools, Virginia, Houston, Duke, Kentucky, and Tennessee. It is very early. These schools mainly have two commitments when you look in the top ten. Houston has three, which probably helps the Cougars move up, but they have two four-stars committed, just like Tennessee does. Duke has a couple of five-stars committed, and Virginia has three four-stars committed in its class. Winning the national championship probably helped. But Tennessee getting Corey Walker and Keon Johnson has moved the Vols way up with other big-name players still in the mix, considering Tennessee at least. And I saw Keon Johnson did an interview with 3HL, on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville on Wednesday, and he said that he will be active for Tennessee on the recruiting trail, trying to get some other big-time players to come with him and with Corey Walker. So it's still fairly early in the process with other guys who still have decisions to make, like Jaden Springer and P.J. Hall. Those are the two main names, I would say, being connected to Tennessee. Both of those guys have Tennessee in their respective top fives. Tennessee's coaching staff is going to continue to push for the best talent in the country, and they're off to a really good start. And I would say that landing Corey Walker and Keon Johnson helps. It helps that Tennessee was winning on the basketball court. It helped last year for Tennessee to go out and get Josiah James, a guy who is a potential first-round pick, maybe in next year's NBA draft. We'll see what ends up happening, of course. And now two highly rated players, Corey Walker and Keon Johnson, are on board with Tennessee. That will cause other prospects out there to pay attention, really, guys that are already paying attention when you consider that Tennessee is in those top five lists of P.J. Hall and Jaden Springer and other players out there are paying attention to Tennessee as well. So Tennessee basketball continues to look like it's on the rise as a program. It's risen the last couple of years with the way that it's performed on the court, off the court as well. Tennessee's profile continues to grow. That's good for Tennessee basketball. A couple of other quick notes for you that I wanted to pass along. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news, but Chris Still is a defensive back who enrolled at Florida for the spring semester, so back in January, and then a few months ago decided to transfer. He ended up at USC, and earlier this week, word came out that he has been cleared by the NCAA to play right away at uh, USC. Now, this situation is not identical. There, there are clear differences between his case and Aubrey Solomon, one Still never actually played at Florida. He was there for the spring semester. There was an odd situation with his roommate. Uh, might have been potentially serious behind the scenes. You maybe read about that. If, if not, check that story out. But Chris still ends up at, at USC and is cleared to play right away. That comes out before Tennessee receives word on Aubrey Solomon, presumably. And I'd say that probably frustrates Tennessee fans. I get it. I don't really know what to tell you to make you feel better if you are frustrated with the NCAA. A lot of people are. It's very easy to get uh, frustrated with the NCAA. Tennessee is going to find out before August 31st. I'm sure of that. If not, come back to me then and vent as much as you want to. But Tennessee should still find out. And earlier this week, Jeremy Pruitt was talking about it doesn't really affect their practice reps right now. As we discussed the defensive line, no doubt Aubrey Solomon is so important, especially with the news of Emmett Gooden being out for the year, but it's still going to get wrapped up at some point. Now, I would not say look at Chris Steele's decision and try to read into anything as it relates to Aubrey Solomon. 
all of these cases seem to be different. Still is a guy who went to Florida, never actually played in a game, and then decided to go back to the West Coast. Solomon is a guy who's transferring in the middle of his career from Michigan to Tennessee. I'm sure getting back closer to home, his relationship with the coaches, that's probably part of the pitch for him to be able to play right away. I don't know how to handicap it. I don't have any interest in trying to make a prediction. I, I did know that Tennessee felt more confident in its Aubrey Solomon case than with D'Angelo Gibbs. As Jeremy Pruitt talked about it, they didn't really anticipate Gibbs being able to play. He's just going to sit out this year as a regular transfer and then be ready to go in 2020. We'll see with Solomon at some point. It could be any day. Something could happen today. It could be another week. Who knows? But at some point, word is going to come out. And then also on the recruiting front, B.J. Ojolari posted on his social media account that he is going to announce his college decision next Friday. That's August 16th. Tennessee is one of several finalists. Georgia has been considered the favorite. He is the number 10 weak side defensive end in the 2020 class, according to the 247 Sports Composite. He's the number 173rd ranked player overall, a four-star player, who is also teammates with quarterback Harrison Bailey, who is committed to Tennessee. That's a school with a number of big-time players. They produce a lot of talent. Ramel Keaton is a freshman on Tennessee's football team. You also have uh, Gilbert, the big-time athlete, there at Marietta. But next Friday, B.J. Ojolari will make his announcement. Tennessee is among the finalists. The other finalists are Alabama, Auburn, Florida, and LSU to go along with Tennessee and Georgia. That is going to do it for Locked on Vols today. I mentioned on yesterday's episode that I was going to talk about Tennessee's roster and its talent overall. The Emmett Gooden news kind of pushed that back. So I'm going to look to do that on tomorrow's show. Remember, if you want to send me any questions or comments for the show, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have links in the show notes. So check them out if you'd like to. Always appreciate the interaction from Locked on Vols listeners. Rate and review the show. Subscribe, download, keep spreading the word. All that good stuff as we get closer to college football season. As of today's show, we are only 23 days away from Tennessee kicking off the season. I appreciate you being here today. I'll see you again tomorrow on Locked on Balls.